didn't even know what a copywriter was, <laughs> of course. So right. um, I had a lot of learning to do there, but uh, I didn't know that this is where I would end up. Not, not in a million years, especially not, you know, you fast forward from there and owning your own business, talking to a lot of clients, closing clients. I mean, that was, a th I didn't know I was going to be a salesperson. You know, you follow, it's not even a path. It's like, just, just see what happens next. <laughs> just like, I'm just kind of mm. along for the ride in my life and just like, what's going to happen next and what might my next version of this career be. You're listening to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. So today we have Joanna Weeb joined with us, and she's the creator of Copy Hackers and the Copy Chief at CH Agency. More than 70,000 marketers have chosen her as their copywriting coach. And for nearly 15 years, companies like Intuit, Sprout Social, and VWO have trusted Joanna to optimize their copy. Joanna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me here. This is fun. Absolutely. So Joanna, if I was a friend growing up with you, what would I say about you? <laughs> the smallness of that question. Um, I do still know some friends who I grew up with and I don't think I mm -hmm. want to say what they'd say about me. Um, really? And actually my best friend, we've only been, we've only known each other since grade nine, uh, but that's still for me quite a while ago. Um, and one of the things she says is that I, I don't know if this is good or bad, but she says I've never uh -huh. changed, which oh, okay. yeah, is like, she says it in a nice way and I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. she means well by it, but that's one of the, one of the, uh, maybe the only thing I've heard from a friend I've known longer than like in the last decade. So, <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So I guess what type of person were you? I don't know. The same kind I am today, I guess. Um, uh -huh. I think I've always, you know, been a very like a loyal person, a very um, honest person, um, shy mostly. So I guess she now actually works for me. She only started uh, this in January and she might, she might say I'm a little different um, now that she can see uh, the job that I actually do and how much I'm um, getting in front of people I have to do as someone who's typically been shyer. Um, but yeah, that would be, you know, just, uh, I think anything growing up, um, we grew up in, well, we spent high school together. She spent her whole life and we spent late junior high and then high school together in um, a small oil town in Northern Alberta, which is a kind of difficult place to be for the best of us, for all of us actually. Um, it's, it's hard to be creative. It's hard to kind of be expressive and be maybe not what people are used to seeing in a very small town. And it's a challenge with living in small towns. It's a particular challenge with living in a small town in Northern Alberta where most people will, you know, if they finish high school, they'll go straight into working on oil rigs. They'll marry someone who works on oil rigs or um, they'll drop out of school and go work on the rigs. So not being, not seeing that as my future, <laughs> seeing that I did not want anything like that, especially since I'm not a right. fan of oil drilling or any of the things that go with mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it made for, uh, you know, you have to grow up in 
it, it just made things uncomfortable. So little wonder that I was, that I was shy, but then the other things like loyalty, I think we've been, I think that's her, you know, we've been best friends since forever. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and honesty, I think, I don't think it's, and, when, and I don't think it's honesty in that way when people say, Oh, I'm just honest, but they're really just super mean. I think it's like <laughs> honesty yeah. without crossing into weird territory of saying like, Oh, don't mind me. I'm just, I'm just super no you're just a mean person so um right. yeah i don't know if that answers your question yeah oh it definitely does um and do you think this um you being shy in nature sort of drove you to express yourself through writing definitely i know that um when i was a kid my nana i was the fourth of five children and um notorious like just quiet just so quiet my biological mother did not know I could speak. My grandmother, who had been babysitting me, oh, was talking about my first, the words, like what I was saying, and my bio mom didn't know uh, that I'd learned to speak. Um, so just a pretty quiet kid. Um, and when my Nana, who I adore, who I wish we were the same age, because she would be, I would just be her bestie. Um, but when my Nana got a typewriter, it was an electronic or electric, I don't know which word you use there, uh, typewriter. And it was like, I was on that thing constantly. And for sure, wow. I definitely, mm-hmm. definitely believe, you know, being shy, you still have things to say, you're still thinking and feeling, and um, contemplating. And so being able to write is, you know, really the only form of expression outside of like, acting a lot of shy people suddenly find themselves acting too as like this is an allowed space to express myself and you can't get mad at me for expressing myself or think anything of me expressing myself here because i'm allowed to the world has said actors are allowed to writers are allowed to um so i think that can be that's definitely a big part of why i you know i write and when did this start uh when did you start thinking of this as sort of like a career path or was this initially uh, what you thought of as a career path or was it something else? No, not at all. I, you know, okay. I was in, when I look back, I think of like, just like anybody can look back and go like, oh yeah, it was sort of the beginning of this path. You know, when I think back to like watching the TV show, Who's the Boss as a kid. And I remember a scene where Angela, the the boss. I don't know why there was a question of who's the boss. She was the employer. I don't understand that now looking back at it, but she was an advertiser and I didn't know that was a thing. My dad was, um, he was, he eventually became a teacher, but he was a truck driver when I was a kid and my mom was a stay at home mom. And, um, I didn't really know that there was this business world out there. And so seeing like, um, this woman go present a creative idea to a room full of people. And like, there was a drawing with it and there was a neat tagline with it. And I was like, what you can do that. That's a thing. So that was exciting. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. I kind of set it aside because I didn't, I didn't even know what it was called. I didn't know she was Mm -hmm. in advertising. Um, I didn't Mm -hmm. somehow piece that together. So when I finally, when I finally, when I was like, I think 23, when I became 24, when I became a copywriter and that was totally accidental. I had just dropped out of law school. I didn't know what to do. I had a friend, I had an English degree. Creative writing was a huge part of that for me. I'd won some creative writing awards that uh, paid for a bunch of my schooling. Uh, So I was 
all, uh, there was that, but I didn't know that there was anywhere you could go to turn that into a career. So when I had this friend who was working um, in reception, actually, at a marketing agency, a B2B marketing agency, they were looking for what was, quote unquote, a creative writer. Um, and so I applied, I did some writing samples and I got the job, um, which was amazing, but I didn't even know what a copywriter was, <laughs> of course. So right. um, I had a lot of learning to do there, but uh, I didn't know that this is where I would end up. Not, not in a million years, especially not, you know, you fast forward from there and owning your own business, talking to a lot of clients, closing clients. I mean, that was, a th I didn't know I was going to be a salesperson. I didn't know that would be a huge part of what I became. It's just one of those things where, you know, you follow it's not even a path. It's like, just, just see what happens next. <laughs> just like, I'm just kind of mm. along for the ride in my life and just like, what's going right. to happen next and what might my next version of this career be? Um, so yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Joanna, how did you like, for someone who's kind of like your personality, how did you put yourself in, in a position to do a lot of sales and to, be in front of the camera. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, you know, it's that mm -hmm. thing when someone has to do it. And um, definitely in my life, I didn't as a kid, as the fourth of five kids, I didn't have to. I was never really the person who was like, well, someone's got to do it. So I guess it'll be me. I was, it was going to be me fourth of anybody. Like I wasn't the first one asked to do anything, um, even still with my siblings, when it's like getting together for family dinners or whatever, I'm still like the one who's supposed to bring the salad and my little brother like isn't expected to bring anything because other people have just taken care of that for us in our lives. So I never would have thought that it like that I had a characteristic or a quality that was someone who does step up when they have to. But there was actually a turning point for me that I remember vividly where I was in a team building event when I worked at Intuit, the big tech company. Um, I was a copywriter there and we were out at this team building event with the marketing team. And to my horror, it was a team building event where you, uh, everybody was split up and uh, these four different groups, everybody was put into a group of four and you had to learn to play an instrument or to sing a song. And so by the end of the team building event, each of these four groups had to put on a little concert. I am not musically inclined. I am like my sister as a kid, I was singing once and she said, Oh, you shouldn't sing anymore. <laughs> I go, okay. I guess I'm really, really bad at that. Um, so I'm not a singer, but I was put in this group and no one wanted to be the singer. And I didn't either but no one else was stepping up. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And I did it and I sucked at it. Doesn't matter, but I did it. And for me, that was like a moment when I realized after that, like there's something really good to be said for being the person who does that like hard, really uncomfortable thing. And I know in the business world, that's become cliche, right? But when you experience it for the first time, when you're like, oh, I can do that I can do hard things that I haven't done before that I'm not qualified to do, but I can learn how to do them and I can 
at least work my way through it to get out of a bind like I had to in that situation. Um, right. And that's definitely helped yeah. me with all of those other hard things when you have to, when you're invited to speak on a stage. And the first time I did it, I had never done it before. It's just like everybody. The first time you do it, you haven't done it before. Um, and so you get on stage, you're like, well, I'm just going to try to make this work because it's good for the business. It's good for, uh, you know, everybody involved in the ecosystem of your business, your network, all of that. So getting on stage, you just, you just do it. It's hard. It's uncomfortable, but you learn to do it. Um, and so it's not something that happened naturally for me as a kid, uh, or as a teenager, or even in my very early twenties, but, um, be going into things that are hard, like sales, like being able to talk to clients and convince them of some, you know, hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollar project to get them to say yes to that. Um, it's a hard thing to do, but once you learn to do it, it's an incredible skill to have as well. Um, and my upbringing had, if it in some way prepared me for this day, maybe because as a kid, I was like, reserving all of my do hard things energy while everybody else was doing okay. hard things for me. Maybe mm -hmm. I was like storing up that energy for a time <laughs> when I would actually need it in my late twenties and thirties. So yeah, I don't know how oh. I got to be, I mean, being a copywriter of course is being in sales. So the two go hand in hand, but um, yeah, this is something that life just threw at me and I had to choose. Oh, that's uh, I think that's a really important point that you make just doing the things that, you know, are hard, right? It kind of stretches your comfort zone a little bit. It makes you more well-rounded, right? Yeah. And exposes you to new growth opportunities. Like I know there's that book, mm. The Obstacle is the Way. I haven't read it because it's like a lot of mm -hmm. business books. Once you read the title, you're like, oh yeah. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Like that's, like, the, that's the whole gist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's a great book and I'm not trying to trivialize it, but I haven't read it mm. yet. Uh, but I do think that that's, a, that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs learn is yep, the hard thing. The obstacle is actually, if you turn away from it, you're not going to grow and your business and your life and career won't be rewarded like if you turn toward it and just do it. Mm. And speaking of books, uh, was there one specific book that made the biggest impact for you and your business? I think one of the bigger ones that made an impact for me, maybe more in my career, because a lot of my business training has been like, oh crap, I have to do this thing. Who do I know that can help me do that? <laughs> so having like a good network for that has gone a long way. Um, but mm -hmm. for actually getting, I think the book that I think of first is uh, Robert Cialdini's Influence, not because it's there to help you as a business owner, but, um, or someone running a team or growing a team or any of that stuff. And there are a lot of great books for that too. Um, and courses as well. Um, but for me to start seeing copywriting, what I do, and now of course, what I also teach to see it as something that, um, is, it's just, it's much more high value than I knew when I started doing it. But as soon as I got my hands on, on influence by Cialdini, um, and that's got the six big persuasion principles, then you're like, oh, okay. I didn't know that part of what I was doing was because it's based in this like principle that now this gentleman has laid out before me with all of these studies to support it, et cetera, et cetera. So I didn't know that I was writing to make the person I'm writing to quote unquote sell be more likable or to make the brand more likable. I didn't, I knew what social proof was, but I didn't know how I was supposed to be using it, all that kind of stuff. So for me, it was definitely influenced by Robert Cialdini. 
That's awesome. So Joanna, uh, let's fast forward a little bit to your first online product. You're, and I'm not talking about you selling other people's products, but your mm-hmm. own very personal mm-hmm. online product. Because I think what's amazing is you have a lot of good products, good quality products out there. So when you're first when you first launched, like how did that feel like? And what was that experience like? So my first digital product was a series of eBooks. Um, and that was when Copy Hackers started with those eBooks. They launched on Hacker News in 2011. So we're coming up soon on that one, on the 10 year mark for Copy Hackers. Um, there were just four eBooks I wrote when the Hacker News community was basically told me, hey, we, if you can't, write copy for us, can you at least teach us? And so I wrote these, what was one big book, and then I cut it up after getting some beta feedback, I broke it up into four little books. Um, and I you know, launched it on Hacker News just with a quick post that was like, hey, I left my big comfy tech job to do this little startup for startups. And it went up to the top of Hacker News. Uh, the post went wow. to the top of Hacker News. Yeah, it stayed mm-hmm. there for, I want, it wasn't a whole day, but it was a long time. Um, and it just sent, I think I had 17, 18, maybe 20,000 visitors come to the site in that period. And it was, I had just launched. Like this was like previously ghost town. <laughs> I think copyhackers.com right. I opened mm-hmm. on October first and then I launched these on October 26th which is my birthday I went and launched it um, and I sold over the course of a three-day period these I think I was selling the books for $11 for all four of them and I think I made 20,000 US so in Canadian even better and wow. uh, that was yeah where I was mm-hmm. like oh you can like wait wait so the thing that I thought everybody new in the world, which is my job, which everybody who does your job tends to think that nah, anybody can do this job. Um, and everybody knows how to do that. Don't you know how to do that? No, we, no, people don't know how to do that. Um, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I didn't know, right, that there was anything to it. I knew that I'd been encouraged by this community to write at least one ebook, putting it out there. One of the first buyers was Dharmesh Shah, the CEO of HubSpot. And um, that was also very eye-opening. Like you can have, a, you can have influence in a space by teaching in that space. The thing that you know, not punching necessarily above your weight class or anything like that, but by teaching what you know. So launching that first digital product, that four book bundle, uh, taught me a lot of things. Definitely that you can set up your own business um, and make money in a way that you would not have been able to do 20 years prior to that. There was no real way to do that. You'd have to print books off. There's all sorts of costs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it opened the, my eyes to this whole world of digital goods that are you know, not hard to make either. It's just like your thoughts. And then also how you can um, have a certain, a certain level of influence, right? Uh, it doesn't mean Dharma Shah read that book <laughs> or any of those books. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, you can be part of a world by putting yourself into that world and saying like, hey world, I'm here too. I've got this to offer you. Um, so yeah, it taught, me, it taught me a lot, but it shocked me more than anything that you could make $20,000 in three days and set yourself up to run that as a business. Wow, that's truly amazing. 
I mean, Joanna, what do you think, because there's a lot of copywriters, right? Thousands of copywriters. What do you think it was that differentiated you and allowed you to have such rapid success? I think, well, I knew that I loved and still love um, startups. So a lot of copywriters struggle to find that group they want to serve most. And mine, I'm just like, I'm obsessed with entrepreneurs building things and like getting it out there. It's just fun. Like I just, it's just fun. Like you just geek out on it. So um, I think that I was already contributing to the Hacker News community at the time. It was, my handle was blogger girl. Um, I was already like commenting and interested in participating. So that really helped. I mean, I think being... It's going to sound really lame, but I think being like real, like I didn't target startups because I was like, well, some of them are going to become unicorns and maybe I can get in on that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I still to this day don't in any way target those, those unicorns, even if we do have the great fortune of getting to work with some of them. Um, But I just really, I knew who I wanted to serve and they let me serve them. And that's really, for me, I think that's, been the secret and thank god that the group that i love and love serving is also a group that is very open and shares a lot so they're not you know keeping me a secret to themselves thankfully people in the startup world maybe i don't know how they're talking today but they've been talking Uh who knows what will happen what every new day holds but um it's it's been a good group to get referrals in as well so that hasn't hurt for growing my business at all Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so uh, this entire time when you're getting into copywriting, all this stuff that maybe those around you don't understand, what kind of conversations were you having with your family, you know, your significant other, um, you know, at the time while you were pursuing these different things? I mean, at the time, well, no one really knows. No one knew in my family what I did, right? Like even when I was a copywriter in-house, they were like, what's a copywriter? Um, and right. when I would explain it, their eyes would just glaze over. And I was like, you don't know and you don't care. It's okay. Just know that you don't, I won't be borrowing money from you. <laughs> That's about it. Like I'm fine. Right. You don't have to worry about me. Um, mm-hmm. But there, I mean, honestly, I, it's not something that I talk much with my family about. My spouse knows about it and a couple of my siblings work for this business but when it, I just, I don't like my entire, my in-laws don't know a thing about the business that I run. My extended family doesn't know anything about it. It's just not something that I bring up. And when you say you have your own business, people tend to make assumptions that you, you know, oh, you've got a cute little tiny business. That's nice. <laughs> you know, you're like, right. okay, fine. If you want to believe it's mm-hmm. that cute little tiny business, which there's again, nothing wrong with that either. Uh, cool. I don't have to correct you. I don't have to share anything with you at all. So I know that might sound weird, but I think also as someone who tends to, with the people I know, I think when you're put on stage, you're not allowed to be shy. When you're put in front of a camera, you're not allowed to be shy. But when you're with your family and your friends and you are who you are, and I'm a shyer, quieter person, I just, am, I just don't bring it up. And if no one brings it up or asks me, then we're not going to talk about it at all. So yeah, I don't know if that's weird to say I don't talk about my business, but if it doesn't come up, I don't talk about anything. Mm, um, so gotcha. yeah, you know. Sort of that separation. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. 
if it doesn't really okay. matter to the conversation, then I'm unlikely to discuss it. Joanna, if I'm an employee in your business and I asked you what your vision was for the next five to 10 years, what would you tell me? Um, my vision would 100% be, I mean, every, everybody teaching and learning online. And I think it'll be different from what we're seeing right now where um, it's not that interactive. It's a lot of person across from a screen that you'll never meet. Um, and you have to go take that training in the moment that they say or on demand without help um, and you take it outside of the platform you're going to use it in so you take you know in my case for copy hackers you take the training in a training area and then you go over to a document and you write in there and to me there's a clear disconnect that someone's going to solve um, between where that online training is happening and then where the work itself is happening. So for me, that feels like something, but, um, but hundred percent, especially with everything going on at the time of like you and I talking, Brian, with COVID-19 and everybody working mm -hmm. from home, um, yeah. people being schooled from home. It's, it's just a, it's a, for me in my industry, as somebody who does online training, uh, I can't see any other future and I don't know what that, you know, how wrong I might be, but it currently definitely feels like online training and online learning. So training is one side, but learning uh, is the other and actually improving your skills in ways that people haven't been able to before. I mean, look at masterclass. I can learn how to write a screenplay from Aaron Sorkin. Are you kidding me? Like that's right. not something I've been able to do before. It's awesome. Um, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's only going to get, of course, better and better with higher expectations, better outcomes, um, better ways of proving that you now know something that you didn't know before, all of that. So for me, that's definitely what my team hears from me and what they believe in as well. Um, so that's at least the next three years, if not the next five years. If you didn't have time to take notes for this episode, get your full text summary, notes, and links along with all of the top tips from this episode at unstoppablebusiness.com slash podcast.